Hey everyone, and welcome back to Creative Emotions. I'm your host, Alex Lee. Oh, hi there. It's Jenny. And it's also Cedric. <laughs> he is. I'm, I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> I, I thought you were just uh, just reacting to Jenny. Like, I was like, I don't, yeah, like, I, yeah, I honestly reacted to what Jenny said. I'm like, should I all, I don't, I felt like, I honestly <laughs> felt like she was saying that to me, I guess. That's how my brain was like slowly like realizing that. So, That's yeah, the sorry. point. It's, it's so like, that everybody feels like I'm right. talking to them. Even the people here. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So today is going to be a really interesting uh, emotion that we're going to talk about. Uh, it might breed some deep conversations or it might breed some philosophical terms. Or s- yelling. Or yelling or a lot. <laughs> we're hoping not. But, <laughs> yeah, but it has uh... done so in the past. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this emotion that we're going to do is hate. Mm. So Hate is a strong word. Hate mm. is a strong word. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it can be uh, very deep in, in the sense of that um, like it could go in a very unspiring area that you want to go to. Right. Know? So uh, what is our first question, um, Cedric? I'm going to go real general, mm-hmm. right? Um, what are your experiences with hate or even more specific than that, I guess, or more kind of like common is what are things that you hate? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'll go, I'll go first this time. Yes. I don't know why I constantly take off my glasses. This is weird. He's I'm taking off thinking... his glasses, folks. He's getting very <laughs> real here. Uh, I guess, I guess that's what happens. I guess that's my serious mode is when I take off my glasses. Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess nice. I'll take off my glasses for this podcast, even though you guys can't see it. Um, <laughs> so the interesting thing that I come to realize is that I hate ignorance. The, the whole s- s- situation of if you don't want to understand something, mm-hmm. then I don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hate people that, that are ignorant and are willing to understand why things are the way they are or why things change to a situation of where it is today. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I believe that this bred from was because my situation of when I was still living with my mom. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about it is that because of the hate that she bred, it became delusional to her. Um, and the story that I want to wanna bring about is uh, the time that when I was... Um, when uh, a good friend of mine that I met online, you know, on the video game, which was crazy because like he lived in Norwalk, mm-hmm. so he's like literally you know two two cities down, and he was a great per- like great person. I hanged out with him and and he needed help, mm-hmm. you know. He was a he was an adopted mm-hmm. uh, son and the the his um his his adoptive parents. I don't know if that's how you correctly call someone who does adoption for a child. Wait, so are they the actual, like, are they the actual, like, adopted parents or are they, like, foster parents? Foster parents. So that well, means like, they, they the, stay like, in the foster home well, until well, they get adopted. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry, not foster. Like, they're the legal guardians of, 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 the, of the adopted child, but mm-hmm. they're not the biological parent. So I think, yeah, I think yeah, it's, like, adopted. the adopted parents, yeah. Okay, cool. And what they were doing is that they were using him just for the sake of income, for the sake of money. So the problem in this situation lies is that he, he, he told me situations of where his father abused him, mm. you know, like physically abused him mm-hmm. and they wouldn't 
and he couldn't do anything about it. He wouldn't be able to report this or anything. Um, not only that, like he was adopted from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So, and the situation is that I wanted to help him, you know, because I was in a situation where I didn't like living with my mom, and it, it's just. It, it it was just a big disaster and chaos of where I was living because it was still in the situation where uh, my mom wouldn't pay pay rent, she wouldn't pay the water bill or or pay electricity bill, where it was my responsibility to try to keep myself alive and this family alive for whatever reason that was. And so, one day, he came to my house with his back with a big old military backpack and two other bags that he was carrying on his arms. And he told me, hey, I just ran away from home, Mm. like in front of my doorstep. And he told me this, you know, he told me the situation of what happened the other day because his, you know, his dad was drunk. He was, you know, drinking. He was under the influence and he threw a bunch of stuff at him and he tried hiding in the bathroom, Mm. you know. And during that night, like in the middle of the night, he packed all his things and he he you know walked to he took the like he took the bus and he walked towards my house mm-hmm. like i think this was yeah i think this was that like no 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 he came to me in the afternoon because what happened was that someone saw him while driving and she she gave him and she gave him um how like housing for that night because she, because he told them that she was, um, that he was, he ran away from home mm. because of what happened. So, and when he finally made it to my house, um, I think it was in the afternoon uh, at two p.m., and my mom wasn't home. So, I did the, I did the best I could. Like we found, we were trying to find ways of places to rent, to move out of the house, where to go, and finding a safe place to to be in. Right. And for the time being, I told him that he could stay at my house. Okay. Um, and, one, and when my mom came home, you know, I talked to her about this situation. I talked to her, to, I talked to her hey, like, like, this is the situation that he's dealing with right now. This is what's happening. You know, his mm-hmm. parents are being abusive and everything like that. And I knew from the bottom of my heart that she didn't care. Hmm. And the reason was is because she stick to this very traditional rule mm-hmm. that don't break family. Okay. Mm. And because of this, and because of this, um, things spiraled out of hand. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tried my best to you know keep him in that keep him in the house and try to you know try to try to be, let him be safe for as long as he can inside my house because I knew that. Once he goes back to um, to his parents, like he would face the same situation again. So, and when we, when me and my mom got into this argument, it was it was very painful for me because um, I was still you know under her house, I was still under her roof. You know, I had to abide to her, her rules if anything. And so, and the saddest thing was is that. When I went to go, you know, get my, you know, get ready to take, um, um, I'm, I'm, I, I, for the sake of um, security, I'm be gonna name T, okay, mm-hmm. um, take T home because I couldn't convince my mom, um, 
for him to to stay for a couple nights so that he could uh, move out and find a place to rent. Um, I heard the car turn on. You know, I was in my room, um, and we were supposed to all go together. Mm-hmm. I heard the tar. I heard the car come turn on, and then I rushed downstairs, mm-hmm. and I saw her drive away. She drove away, and I was running towards the car. Like I was this close to the car mm-hmm. of her Toyota Rav Four, mm-hmm. and like I was so like so close, I was yelling, "Hey, stop!" Like I'm behind you, you know. And she sped up. She sped up and just drove off and ran, and that pissed me off so much. And then when she got there, like I heard the whole phone call and everything, and um, and she said said that one thing again that uh, don't break family hmm. and to me that that's what bred my hate for ignorance because she didn't try to understand what he was going through and you know when I tried to visit him again you know a couple of days later he got deported to the Philippines hmm. so and it, it's it's hard to and that's what made me move out of my house was one of the reasons that I want to move out of my house was because when you don't try to understand something, when you don't have the care or the or the heart to understand why things happen or why or, or why things need to change or why things need to be in a very positive light, it it becomes a very spir- it becomes very spiraling and it gets out of control and creates chaos. So that's that's what I want to share with, you know, with everyone is that, is that ignorance is not something that you should, you shouldn't really allow. Right. That's what I believe in. And I think that's, that's a story that I, it's heartbreaking in every type of dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in the, in the regards to. The individual which is the most heartbreaking but it cascades to like every single um person that it affects and it has so many sort of like attributes of something that like my god like all of those things coupled together and that result is completely understandable why like you know like hatred could be like the outcome of what's going to happen right and mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like, I'm very much in the same boat, right? Um, that's why, like, I became in education because I felt this loving need, right, to, to, to kind of, like, put my foot forward in in senses of wisdom and intellect, right, to help others gain their versions of success or whatever it may be. But also, I, I... I would have personal experiences in which that ignorance and sort of stubbornness, right, like prevailing its head, like became something that I, I really too hate. And I just, and on that regard, right, like I think an offshoot of that, like ignorance, like the thing I guess I can talk about in, in, in what I hate is I hate carelessness. Like, um, because I really do not like people who sort of 
say certain things and not realize or do certain things and yeah not even begin to even realize that what they're doing is somewhat hurtful mm-hmm. or um or just sort of like go around cavalierly like um doing things that could be construed as con- destructive and I, to the sense like i don't expect behavior to change at times mm-hmm. uh i do not like how carelessness behavior exists like in and of itself i find it like extremely offensive mm-hmm. and the scenario like usually comes where it's like a person who even says something that they know right could be hurtful to another individual at one point or another kind of realizes like wow like okay like i'm making this choice and to a degree it's like you know like i know this hurts because it would hurt me if i said it mm. to this person whatever it is but careless and like with that being said like that must mean that that person understands pain right and there could be a dialogue there because mm-hmm. it's like you're both you're in pain and you're sharing pain and through that pain perhaps there could be reconciliation to the idea of like we should stop hurting each other and doing the things that we're doing but carelessness mm-hmm. is that point where it's like you're bringing pain and you don't even it's like your default and you don't even know mm-hmm. like you don't even regard the people that you're around you as object or like as human beings or things that can be affected yeah you're just you careless you're just careless you just don't care mm-hmm. right and you're you're going around and you're striding and i think what's important about the story that you said is like she was both ignorant and and careless because like she she adhered to a tradition mm-hmm that did not add for like context of a situation yeah. mm-hmm. like and then it also makes me think like it can be interpreted a thousand ways right like it's like it's like she has this credo of don't break family or like but like and but without sort of consideration and care that's exactly what happened yeah. it resulted in that thing mm-hmm. and so it's very much like you can have codes all you want like laws are written all the time but it's really about the interpretation of those laws in each situation that matter at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, don't break family. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, does that mean like you know, like in, are, are, if you make this action, you 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 lead to breaking family, or you lead like who whose family are you doing? Whatever it may be, like vague terms. Like yeah, it's easy to live by sometimes simplified codes right sometimes it's easy sometimes it's very hard Mm -hmm. um but what's what makes it easy or hard is really the interpretations that you're going to have in the code right like and but what people tend to do is they have a code that's just really convenient to how they actually are Mm. you know it's like you know like here's a moral standard but really it's all you're only going to enact it in a convenient sort of way or whatever it is and that's when things are like, oh man, like this is bad. Like I had a friend, like, and I really, I really disliked the way he was. I wouldn't say I hated it. Mm-hmm. He was a smart guy, mm-hmm. but his general philosophy was it's like I don't, I don't get tied up, like when it comes to about other people. Ugh. Like I don't, my I'm hands off. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, and it's like he really revolved around this environment of like, oh, like. Like, he had a whole philosophy about this idea of, like, okay, like, like you know, like, you, you live your life, and I live mine, and I'm not going to, like, if I see you, like, going off a cliff, 
I, I'm not going to say anything, you know, because it's like, you know, like that's for you and that's for you and that's for you to decide and stuff like that. And to me, for the longest time, and I, to a degree, I still do think this. Like, I, I thought that was moral cowardice, like, like, yeah. like justifiable, like cowardice. It's like, oh, okay, like if you knew your friend was about to get seriously injured or seriously hurt to the point where perhaps they could be crippled or live a decision um, that could seriously affect, you know, like their outcome in their future based off your own understanding of like what's right and wrong, mm -hmm. you still would not say anything. Mm -hmm. And to a degree, he would argue like, well, like my right is not the same right as that person. What right do I have to, to infringe that belief on them or whatever it is? But I'm like, I'm not asking you to infringe. I'm at, at least I'm asking you to, to provide like, mm -hmm. a perspective, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, convince them or not. Like you're just saying wholeheartedly, I'm not going to say anything at all. Like I'll stay hush. Mm -hmm. I'll stay quiet if injustice is around me. And I was like, that's not okay. Like in my book. Yeah. Right. And I really thought like we would get into like these arguments and like, again, I still regard him as a friend and stuff like that. But for whenever that would come up, I would be like, like I would hate it because it's like if shit went down the wrong way, mm -hmm. I literally know you won't have my back. Yeah. And it's like, and then that's what you start to realize as you grow up as a person. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you really start to think about, um, your own values and if the people around you are really kind of like reflecting that or mm -hmm. displaying that and um, I really think about yeah like um, just like and then I think about and one of the values I care about is like I care like I deeply care mm -hmm. I care enough to know that like I, like if someone were to say something like hey that hurts me mm -hmm. like the fact that you said that to me that you felt like you could say that to me that's all the more meaningful because how often have we ever been around people that have just been like, like they're hurt, but they keep it to themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to, to, when they get to a point where they have to say something that they've already reached, like most of the time, boiling point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to disregard them right away and are just it's like, oh, whatever, like, you know, they're all, they're about to tip over and scale. Yeah. yeah. And then they're going to, and then, you know, it becomes like really bad. So like, I try to acknowledge that all the time in, mm -hmm. in, in conversations and, and try to make sure that I very much care because when carelessness occurs where you're just like, I don't, I'm not, I can't be bothered by whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a painful and hurtful thing to do to somebody that, oh man, I, I, I hate, like, like it's one of those things I try to stamp out as much as I can, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Well, the thing is as well is that I think it's also dangerous mm -hmm. on how we set our expectations on other people because mm. that's what hate does. Because mm. when you experience the most lowest form of whatever you hate, like your expectations just goes through the roof of that. And that's what that's what happened to me was um, was was that I, I I nurtured you know a way of how I expected people negatively in mm. the wrongest way possible like i expected you know that they need to understand everything 100 percent, you know that or 200 percent even mm -hmm. but reality is is that we have to understand to control that and not let hate breed such a strong negative energy like that right. and understand that people make mistakes and, and people you know are need to be given chances but the question it but the question lies in that What's the type of people that you want to hang out with and what kind of risk and chances that 
you know that this person understands and are willing to take right and i think that's like that's like a important lesson because like as careless people go right like i hate carelessness mm. but i can't hate careless people because mm -hmm. they're people the reasons why they perhaps are careless are things i have to account for yeah. right they're they're busy in their lives they have their priorities they have their focuses okay I'm willing to uh, concede to that and whatever maybe. But with that being said, you know, hatred is sometimes really about a line that you won't or sh things that should not be crossed, mm. right? And the thing is like the like think about it this way. Like if if hatred is like there's like a line, right? And it's like a boundary of like what's acceptable, what isn't. And the more you're empathetic, right, the more you kind of like collapse that, I guess, in and the more you're trying to whatever, maybe. But at a certain point, as it spills through, as it goes deeper, the hatred is no longer like kept outside. It starts to reveal inward. Mm. So every time you've always said like, well, you give the other person an excuse, you're really kind of attacking yourself, mm -hmm. right, in that regard. And you start to hate like, well... You know they're busy and stuff like that i shouldn't be the one like mm. you know like i i i it was my bad to bother them at this point or whatever yeah. it is and so you begin to spill into that hatred and whatever that may be so in that regard like i had to learn this the hard way which was to how will i cedric papa be able to advocate for myself when things are going wrongly mm -hmm. right or like what i think is unjust what I think is like something hateful or spiteful that could come out of me because like hatred is kind of like the nth degree of something and you're right like your expectations change your behavior suddenly shifts uh in unexpected and very sometimes unrealistic ways mm -hmm. and and yeah and it got to a point where it's like it's like what am I really kind of like hating because like there are things that I see all the time when I'm like um like reactions and like hatred, right? One of the things I kind of always see is like, it's like I hate my body, hmm. right? I hate oh. like, I hate the way like, I look, exactly, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. or, and whatever the case may be. And a lot of times it's like, it'll be like, I, I wish like, you know, like I had like, um, like a more handsome face or I wish, you know, like, uh, like a more muscular body. And then it's like, because I hate my arms, mm -hmm. right? Like, and the reality is sometimes it's like that's one version of hatred right where it's kind of like turns inward mm -hmm. right and the outward expression of that same derivative would be like i hate the way beauty is depicted in society mm -hmm. right whatever it means like that's the injustice there right like i'm i'm i should not have to justify the way i kind of am or whatever it may be and in in doing so right there's like conflict in that already and it's like deciding well what's really the truth if that's the case right like and it's like what you can live with and what you can do in that time and i just think to myself like you have to realize what your line is going to be mm. you know and understand like and to me it's like people have arbitrary lines all the time and it comes in the form of like deal breakers no oh, like okay. a lot of times like i remember a lot of a lot of like um like a lot of my female friends will say smoking is a deal breaker. Oh, yeah. 
but then I'd be like, and then, you know, but you ask them why, and it's like, I just don't like the smell. And I'm like, okay. Mm. But, like, to me, like, a deal breaker, for the most part, um, and I'm not trying to judge anyone who has deal breakers, like smoking or whatever it is, but, like, um, a deal breaker to me has to be closely associated to an ex- a personal experience of your own. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know for a fact you tried to have a deal, and it broke. Yeah. Like, it very much broke that deal. Carelessness was one of them for me, right? Um, ignorance, yeah, is, like, another one. Um, Respect is one Yeah, th- there you go, right? Like, disrespectful behavior. Because you come to, like, hate what either it does to you, how you feel when it happens, what it makes you do. Like, I don't want to be that type of person, like, whatever it may be. And that's very much like, but see, your line is created there, right? Yeah. Because it comes from like truth of the experience or whatever it may be. And then, but then some people are just like, you know, like deal breaker, like, you know, like, oh, they, they eat like um, pasta at midnight. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm not saying that that's bad. Like, huh? that, that's not like objective. Like, uh-huh. like th- that could be like a deal breaker. But to me, it's like, okay, well, why? It's like, well, like he leaves like it's like he's always time. getting out of bed, bed in the middle of the night, night and i can't go to sleep you know like i'd like wake up smell, wondering where he was right and ants then... started coming into the bed like whatever it is you know <laughs> like where is he going stuff like that like um and so yeah you begin to and then the thing is like i think with the with hatred like in general like a tangent thought it's like we associate like things right like and then we're like i hate this person but to me, it's like, I don't hate that person. I just hate certain behaviors that that person does. Yeah. And separating that distinction is really important. Like, um, or I hate how they're perceived, <coughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very much like, and that's like something that maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, like for me, it's like very much like, yes, like I, I do, you want to be caring and you want to be positive, right? But and I and I, I don't say but you should say and mm-hmm. and at the same time, right? It's very important that you understand your distinctions and how you will advocate your best self when things are being crossed. Yeah, you know when when like how could I address this situation that I feel I can do and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jenny, like, is there something that that you generally like kind of hate or? Um, I've been kind of thinking about this and I've made like an active practice of like not hating things Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not to say that I like oh everything's sunshine and rainbows look at the unicorn (laughs) Um, like definitely it's you know not that way Um, but oddly enough um, that plain white tea song I think it's I think it's just called hate Uh um like the main line of the chorus is hate is a strong word but i really 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 don't like you mm-hmm. i don't know what it was but at the time like i think it came out when i was like sometime in high school i actually got to go see them like before they kind of got famous mm-hmm. um and i was like oh i i think i used to be the kind of person that would use hate as a hyperbole like no. you know, and I think that's an easy thing to do. Oh my gosh, I hate when they does that. Right. Oh, so into does this. Like I absolutely hate that. Like oh my gosh, I hate that too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of hit me where it's like, oh, 
Like, hate is a strong word. It is. Like, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, power behind it, I think. And it just became, like, very important for me to, like, make the distinction between, like, like, I, I don't really hate anything. Um, I despise things, like, and I think that is a pretty big distinction because for me, too, like, my a relationship or, like, my experience with hate is, like, very much so that double-edged coin or that double-sided coin of, like, love on one side and hate on the other. Like, there's mm-hmm. a very thin line before between it yeah so for me to hate something it would mean that like I love it just as much and if you think about it that way like a lot of the things that you don't like and the behaviors you don't like like I don't love those so for me it was important to make that distinction where it's like I despise this behavior I will not tolerate tolerate this behavior in my life but I'm not going to say that I hate it because that means that I'd be kind right. of close to loving it. Yeah, like the connection there, like the, the point origin is like from love. Right? Yeah. Mm. Um, Which is a cool distinction. Yeah, and I think for, you know, like that was the kind of things that have just been popping up. And I, I catch myself doing it sometimes where it's like, oh, I hate when they do that. Or like, oh, I hate this traffic. Or <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> and it's like... No, I don't. But I do hate this traffic. Like, <laughs> I don't hate the traffic. I get frustrated because it makes me feel like it's a struggle to get to work. And why should I have to struggle to get to work? But that's the same point. It's like putting expectations on like what your life, quote unquote, should be. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, the, that doesn't help anybody. It's like that's just the way that things are. Mm-hmm. Like I live this distance from work. There's plenty of other people that need to drive on the same freeway to get to work the same as me. So what good is it hating something? Like, I can be frustrated at a situation and still not hate it. Like, that's one of those things that, like, it's just, it's a distinction. And maybe it's not the same for everybody, you know? Like, it's not at, like, hate might not feel as powerful for people in different points of their life. But I think it is important to remember that it really, it is. Um, and the other thing too for me is like kind of when it's been for people that I feel like have wronged me or 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 even when I get kind of like jealous and like oh, I hate like I hate that she gets to do that like I hate that he gets to be that way and I'm not it's like it's not coming from a helpful place of like it doesn't do any like it doesn't affect them because they're living their life and like who cares what somebody else thinks um and i'm thinking more like celebrities like people i've seen on tv like they're literally not gonna know anything about me and why should they but and then but it doesn't do anything for me because it doesn't motivate me to move towards like Mm -hmm. what i want to be doing like i've i found more where it's like it's something that i feel like i'm lacking in my life or like i would like to be moving towards like that's where like hate and kind of comparison comes out where it's like well how did they get to be there why do they get to be doing that and it's like well you don't know what's happening like for me just take a step back and it's like I don't know what I literally don't know what they did to get there like Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes I don't know 
you know, what connections they've made, what other skills they've cultivated in their life to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't do what they did. Like, I'm not them. Exactly. So I like, but it is, it has been a good reflector for me when I keep like, kind of start and it's not an outward like it's more like an inner dialogue like oh gosh like like Mm -hmm. I don't want to watch that person like they're kind of annoying me and it's Mm -hmm. like well why is that it's like oh it's because I wish that I was doing something along the lines of what they were doing and I'm not doing that so what can I be doing to get to that point Mm -hmm. is that yeah, well, that's mean, a long that's right. a long winded explanation, but I think that's one of the things is think, like hate is really like it is powerful, and I think it's deeply rooted, and it comes out in different ways. I, I think that's a great explanation of how like you bring about it because um, the way that you depict that hate is a strong word, mm-hmm. and I I believe too that you know we we take that for granted and we abuse abuse the crap out of that word yeah. a lot, and it's something that. I feel that that's something that we shouldn't use a lot about as well. Yeah, and I agree. The, I don't like, I don't, when I find myself saying that, like, especially for little things, I don't like the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, that's just breeding negativity. And mm-hmm. it's like, but it's not, it's putting negativity in the wrong places. Oh, yeah. And know? at the wrong places at the wrong time. That, yeah. They, that, I, that shouldn't belong, period. Yeah, it's just, it's more that reactive kind of thing where it's like ah, I yeah. hate this. <laughs> yeah. and you just don't like I said it's not helpful for anyone no and then there's this the interesting thing that I want to point out is that the like it kind of reminded me of the like the two ways to two types of two of the types of the motivators there's there's positive um, reinforced motivation mm. and then there's negative reinforced motivation mm-hmm. and one of the examples that I learned from this when I was in, um, um, but actually I got this from uh, Jordan Belfort, who uh, uh, was the um, the well-known Wolf of Wall Street. If you've mm. ever seen the movie mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street. I have not, but I've heard of it. Yeah, not Leonardo DiCaprio, but With, uh, the actual. The actual Jordan Belfort. Yeah, the actual Jordan Belfort. Mm-hmm. And this was a very interesting um, interesting um, example that he, that, that he gave. And it was one the 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 way that people can be motivated is either one, you're driving a really bad old clunky car, uh-huh. and you have two babies, and you have a very ugly looking wife. Okay. And at the same, this time, sounds like a Jordan Belfort. <laughs> but but like but yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, you live you live in um, social security. Uh, you you're on medical, you're on food stamps, and you live paycheck to paycheck. Sure. And that's called the negative mo- negative motivation because okay. there's something inside your brain that suddenly snaps, mm-hmm. and you do everything you, you can to get away from that situation. Right. When you look at that situation, you're like, oh, I don't, oh no, I don't want to be I never want to become this person. Yeah, I never want to be this person. I don't want to be anywhere near that person. I don't want to be in this situation. Sure. Kind of like the situation that I was in when I was living with my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a place where nobody want to work. I don't want to be in a place where no one doesn't want to pay anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a place where no one understands mm-hmm. or wants to try to understand mm-hmm. the good things in life or, right. or the possibility of going growing you know Mm -hmm. 
And that's called, that's called a negative motivation. Mm-hmm. Now, the positive motivation is when kind of like what Jenny was talking about, about how come like I don't have this person's, you know, nice house or how come I don't have um, this bright aura around this person that, mm. that, that I see every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that sort of sense, that's, cor- that's correlates to the positive emotion right. that leads you towards that goal or leads you towards that, that, that quote unquote dream that mm. you want to be closer to is mm-hmm. because you want to go cl- grow closer to that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think of it like a, like a, like a thermostat in a way mm-hmm. it's sideways in a bar. The left side, the closer to the left side you are, which is the negative motivation, mm-hmm. is is when you want to push away from. Right. Mm. And then there's this little borderline of where, depending on where what type of motivation that you resonate towards, um, gets you in the direction of where you want to be. For like as towards the people who are in towards near the middle line, if um, or if they're like even if people who are on the far left side, if they see the the positive influence or the positive impact. They actually are drawn closer to that, so it can affect either way, right, you know. Right. Or if people who are like very on the very right side and look towards, you know, the very uh, negative situation of what other or of what other people are dealing with, they go as far away from that as possible when they're already at as well. Mm. Right. So that's that's the interesting thing that I like to point out because um, hate can can be can be a motivator, but it depends on what kind of motivation that you want to control out of it mm. if yeah. that makes sense it's again like mm-hmm. um god like history has kind of like shown that like hatred is like a a powerful agent of change um you know governments have toppled over from them you know yeah. uh, nations like you know maps are redrawn from them and um you know like when we think about that like we think of like you know like world war one right like do i want to say arguably I guess, arguably, right, it's kind of like a war of hatreds, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the rise of like a self-love of your nation. Like, um, you know, Germany's going to be number one and we're number one and whatever it may be. And then like Britain's like, no, we're number one. And then eventually, right, like he was like, no, Germany, you suck. You're filled with blank and blank and you're blank, 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 blank. It's like, all right, let's prove it, right? And so like you said, like it's a hatred kind of occurs, right? Like Jenny, kind of like you said. From sort of like it stems right sometimes from a seed like a corruption perhaps right of like love right yeah. and you're going into this sense where it's like you love your own nation right you love your your people your group and you see a visible threat to like uh, what you perceive as a threat from mm-hmm. another group or another set of people and another individual whatever the case may be and you want that to just go away right mm-hmm. you you and to me i feel like um, hatred has this idea of kind of like it kind of comes to existence when um, it threatens like 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 an individual or groups like um, like perception of the future or like um, you know hopes of like a better tomorrow and stuff like that I think even too like when it, it can affect the status quo right mm-hmm. oh absolutely and yeah so again the, and like if your positions it's like again like and hatred really, and at times, is like you. It's like if anything could have, can affect your happiness, right? Um, you come to to already despise it and hate and hate it, um, and uh, or you're, you're at least you're geared to, and whatever it may be. And the deeper your love for something may be, or your deeper, yeah, deeper vested your happiness is into something, you're more likely to hate another thing or whatever it may be. 
Um, and I think what's really interesting about um, hate is what something Jenny brought up is like kind of loosely is this idea of like when people hear other people say they hate stuff and they immediately kind of agree or like connect, like how connective hatred can be like um, and people really people see hatred as a dividing force and in general it is but within those groups that like I hate blank oh you hate blank whatever I hate, blank I, mean, too. Like, I hate blank too it's like you know I also think you know they're responsible for you know like all the quorums or troubles in my life or vice versa and blah 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 whatever it may be and and so you create this sort of like yeah like um, you start to see people herd together yeah. right through their hatred and whatever it may be and then that's when you start to really realize like um, that's where the that's like the the environment the ecosystem which hatred can grow stronger into action or to something like very viable and very strong right mm -hmm. and the problem with it and I think this is like a, like a lot of people like a lot of societies like religion approaches hate kind of like all in the same way that it should not really exist right like um unless right and there's the caveat unless your god deems it necessary right it creates adversity yeah it create like unless you know it creates adversity right you use it as a force to to like to kind of like like appropriate like um your kind of like your dominance or whatever it may be but vice versa like most of the time like most religions the way they attract kind of like people um typically now is like you know it's like we're trying to evolve beyond hatred um but ultimately right like i think modern society like ones that are more secular typically think about hatred in the sense of like well which one is the most justifiable right like mm. which like it's not hatred it's justice mm. right it's or you know like it's what's due it's like it's very much like or it's like you're the like you're an actual problem here and it's like it's okay for me to hate you because the science or the evidence proves that it's okay mm. you know and um it's it's tough because like i said like hate is a good hate is like a with um hate is a very potent agent of change and um and so the problem though at times is like as people become more informed it's harder for hate to 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 change things because mm -hmm. it's like people are just more informed they're more defensible so like the opposing forces right In earlier times you just you prey on the ignorant and then you'd be like, okay, hate this person. And be like, okay, sure. And whoever got the most people would end up changing something. Mm -hmm. yeah. But now, with as more people are intelligent, everyone doubts everything. And so it's like harder for people. But then everybody also at the same time, for their own sort of like individual distinctions, hate other things. So it's hard to create changes because there's so many more distinct versions of hatred for like little things and whatever it may be. And like, you know, like people hate one political party. Other people hate the other political party. Other people just hate the political system. Yeah. Like, other people, you know, like, hate governments or, like, you know, and now they have all of their reasons, right, for, like, the dissemination of information. And it's just so hard for now for hatred to be the agent of change that we need it to be. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like, 
at a certain point you'd be like okay we hate each other and there would only be two sides and like all right we'll just compromise because we're gonna die before this changes yeah but now it's like well with so much more information and then like kind of like the history of compromise is not getting us to where we want to be it's just like well no we don't i don't need to compromise but like i know i'm right right and here's the science that proves that here's the evidence and whatever maybe but like um here's this just like the statistics that show this and this and whatever may be and like that's the problem right like i'll see like political conversations and they're not about ethics and morals they're really about numbers and data and then that's how you prove like this is the right course of action this mm -hmm. is the incorrect course of action but like numbers and data like never really like it's just like you always seem like because that's how like that's how we were taught like you know like okay like that's the gun you pull out right to to shut down like the argument right to win oh yeah like here's the statistics yeah like, yeah it's like here's the data here's the exact and then, and let me show you these facts like, yeah and it's like that's the thing like we're not here to like like say that that's bad but what i'm saying is like sometimes when you ambush somebody in it like well how are you going to redress that and you won but the fact is, is like you're having that argument you're right but like nothing's changed because either there's someone else who's now read those statistics has a different interpretation and then they combat it and the thing is it's like yeah no one has changed anything in the sense it's like yeah like you hate what i believe in i hate what you believe in we don't want anything to change but if like we shift our understanding to more of like like to an understanding mm -hmm. like not necessarily of statistics and data but one of like you know like okay like where are you coming from experience wise and values and morals and can we can we begin to be like level ourselves in, in, in discussion about how we feel about why this is an issue, why it isn't, then that will feel like, yeah, that's not going to be vested in a conversation in like, um, in like who, who wins, who doesn't, mm -hmm. but one of resolution that can kind of go like, that's why psychiatrists mm -hmm. are like, like, don't don't incriminate each other with facts and stuff like, oh, he did this, I did that. It's yeah. like, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Right. And then how can that other person kind of like acknowledge your feelings and so that we can come to terms and like mm -hmm. politically it could be done the same way, but mm -hmm. it's just like, no, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm going to lose, you know, whatever it is. Well, and not only that, like the old way of, you know, doing it is either eliminate whatever's in front of you as much as possible immediately or and take over, you know, mm -hmm. and create that can create and create that sort of and breed even more hate. Um, of why that's still around but like while already destroying that thing mm -hmm. or just you know constantly avoiding it as much as possible mm -hmm. but that's also a bad thing as well because that doesn't change anything right. you're just running away from the situation which is still going to be constantly growing around you as you do nothing right again you get bottled down and i think that's that's the issue right like as people are like like i think people assume right like because i used to assume like a lot of things like i would be like diversity is good right <laughs> like, oh, and i'd be well. like like to me i i now believe it like mm -hmm. i but i have my reasons why i believe it. but for a time i assumed it mm -hmm. right like i assumed it and then like i i think and now i'm assuming right like i assumed right like the more information the more progress you'd be making mm. but with more information requires more thinking and more thinking leads sometimes to less action mm -hmm. right so then if there's less action, does that mean there's like more progress happening, like more actionable, like movement? Mm -hmm. And that's just how you measure it, whatever it may be. But like, even now, like this conversation of like, oh, it's how you measure it. Like, just stick to what you believe, Seti, right? <laughs> but with that being said, it's like, 
like hatred as a motivator of change used to beg on the idea of ignorance. You know, like, oh, yeah, you don't know nothing. You should hate those people. I'm like, mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> like, like you're right. But that's mm -hmm. like, no, I shouldn't. Da, 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 da. Like, here's the statistics. Like, like, all right. Well, if we can't use, like, hatred <laughs> anymore, like, how will we move society in a direction, right, mm -hmm. uh, anymore? And I really do believe it's like, okay, like, it has to come from not just an understanding of data, but, like, an understanding of the person, of yeah. people's yeah. experience and what's going on in that regard. Mm -hmm. And... um and it's tough. Like, it's definitely tough. Like, people, like, we, whole systems that we still live in are still designed that way. Yeah. You know? And um, I don't, like, again, like, if things that I, like, I could come to hate, like, I don't hate people. Like, I, I, I don't, I have a hard time hating people. Like, I hate sort of, like, attributes at times. And sometimes I really hate systems. Like, situations that yeah. force a person to be a type of way. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And it's just like, okay. But if that's where, like, if that's where, like, I've come to, like, I want to motivate and change, like, okay, then how are we going to do that? But even in my own, like, quote unquote, hatred of those things that people would be like, well, it's brought so much good and it does this and it mm -hmm. does that. I'm like, okay, that's fair. But like, but is also, it going to be enough to, as, as things move forward, is it going to be enough to, to go? Like, I remember, like, I'll say like one of the, probably the biggest mechanics of self-hate has got to be like social media. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And like we talk about it a lot on this podcast yeah, we talk about because it's, it's our generation's essentially like um, way to kind of like it's a sense our it's, understanding it's of almost information like a, or, or, or it's almost like a coping mechanism as well right like you know it, you, that's the thing about like social media is it's so many things mm -hmm, you know like mm -hmm. it's led to so many things so it's like it's so hard to say it's just one thing like mm -hmm. you know ugh, like it was, it was it'd be funny right like there would be a time where you could live in your ignorance like the idea of like your ignorance being your bliss in the sense right yeah. like and, and and very much You'd be like, okay, like that person's like, you'd see like maybe, and I'll, I'll do the example of dance. Like you'd be like, okay, you see this one amazing person in this one TV show is like amazing dancer. Like, okay, there, it's like you would, you would, you would believe in the idea that'd be like, oh, like that person's just exceptional or these are exceptional people. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, like, you know, like they may have something I don't have. And that's sometimes you can think like, that's okay. But as you proliferate, like, as, like, you know, like, I was just, like, on Instagram earlier, and I'm, like, you're just seeing all these dancers, and I'm, like, and you're just thinking, Jesus, like, am I the only one who was left out of the club? <laughs> like, and whatever it may be, but, like, you really got to think about, like, you, you are sort of, like, putting your, because the algorithm is designed to just overwhelm you with, like, amazing, like, hey, you're interested in dancers? Like, let me show you only amazing dancers, yeah. and then it's just, like, and then, you know, it makes you think, like, well, maybe, like, is this how we, the standard of how dancing should be? And, like, I guess I'm not a good dancer. Like, I, I need to get out. And, like, there's a lot of, like, our, self, our mechanism for self-comparison, right, tends to, like, always kind of think about, ultimately, for some reason, hatred finds a way to sprinkle in there a little bit, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's like, unless you're disciplined enough to recognize what's going on. You know, and I think we're starting to learn that. But when it was at the beginning, it was very much like, imagine, like you know, magazines like creating that standard of beauty, right? Cosmopolitan TV compounds it, and then now on your computer, right, the thing that you pretty much do most of like your labor in, right, mm. in this twenty first mm -hmm. century, mm. it's like you can just be like, oh, look at all these beautiful people that have kind of perpetuated the same standard. It's like 
and you think, oh, more people, that must mean it's more likely, which means it must be like, why not me? Right? You feel distinctly different. And then you start to, you know, like you mm-hmm. feel pushed away or pulled towards someplace else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think um, as you go into a, a, a mentality, it's so easy to go into a hateful one for whatever it is. Like even to say like, oh, like I hate social media. Like, yeah. oh, whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, I think about, I, I, I don't know, I guess I think about this period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always important. Um, I feel like for me, I, I try the best I can to use it as a creative tool, mm. mm-hmm. you know, for myself mm-hmm. to, to bring about, you know, what I believe in and what I want to share <clears throat> and resonate with people that I want to share with. I feel like that's, that's important. But also, it's it's also important to realize that you're doing this for for um, a good impact. That you, that well, whatever impact that you want to create out of it, um, let it grow into something that you want you want it to grow into, rather than into something that you don't want it to become because you because you've bred so much hate or negativity into mm. it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? And then yeah, like there was a there was a point in my life right where I'm like passions right and people will be like turn your passion into a profession but i was like i knew like if i did that there was a strong likelihood i would hate my passion mm-hmm. like i would i would like it'd be like it'd be like because now there's other added elements that further burden my ability to do what i want to do mm-hmm. right like it's like if i make this my livelihood what you're really saying is like okay your way of existing is primarily going to function through your passion. And it's like, okay, that must mean that you better be, you better, it better be the, like, you better be happy with the idea that you, like, let's say it's dancers, right? You better be happy dancing things you didn't even want to dance, Mm. right? Just to make money. Mm -hmm. You better be willing to make deals that aren't in your best favor for maybe the future deal, right? Uh, you have to deal with people that don't treat you sometimes with the respect that you feel like you're owed and you're deserved, right? Because they see you as like maybe just a commodity, right? Whatever it is. And then you're, and then it's like, are you willing to constantly hustle, right? Um, like, like stay up late at night trying to find dance gigs or whatever it may be, you know? Are you willing to deal with like for dance teachers, like, are you willing to teach like young kids that have no care whatsoever mm-hmm. about what you're doing? And I think mm-hmm. I thought about all of these aspects mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I very much thought, no, like I love dancing. I don't love trying to make dancing a, my form of money. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just like, you know, I make money so that I can dance. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't try to make um, dancing. I don't dance to make money. Right. Because I love my I love dancing too much to go through a lot of nonsense to the point where I'm like, you know, like I'm not dancing. Like I'm not like it's no longer what I want in dance. It's like what my money wants from dance. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you can't you can't take classes right now, my dude, because you have to be getting a job in your dancing. And I'm like, okay, so fair enough. The interesting thing about it is that we I feel like we live in an age in society for the time period where passion is connected to success right and passion but passion is not connected to happiness you know oh. it's it's like the sense of the value they value that passion equals success 
versus passion equals happiness, mm. you know? And while they try to connect that all together, that creates passion equals success equals happiness, it, it doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah, there's like a step missing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because, well, and I think the thing about it is that like success overall, like people are kind of coming to around to the idea that like every for success, everybody like everybody's idea of success actually looks different. Sure. But I think as a whole, like a lot of people's idea of success relates to money somehow. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking your passion and turning that, how do you're making money? You're not going to be quote unquote successful unless you're able to make that passion making money. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a disconnect there where it's like, like, yes, it's, I, I think it's amazing that you can turn your passion into your livelihood. Yeah. It's a great, it's amazing. And it's like, I think we're in a time where <clears throat> you're starting to really see that you're starting to see that. And it's a lot more accessible because right. of, because of the internet and social media, like most of a lot of these things, I, you know, I think about it for us cause like creative specifically, like it's easier to get your name out there and to get to more right. people. So theoretically you can get more success and more business from that. However, you forget, it's easy to forget and get caught up in that, that your passion was once something that you loved and nurtured. And when you make it all about your job, that's still making it. It's like, it's still a job. You it's know? still a job. Yeah. And there's still like, there's things about your job that you really don't like most of the time, <laughs> right. you know? And there's like so much that goes back behind it. Like even on the back end to like make your passion like viable, um, there's a lot that goes into it. So it's like you either need like a supplemental passion so that you still have a distraction mm-hmm. or like know. for me, like, yeah, the, for me, like, that's why the advent of the, the rise of like side hustles has become a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. It's yeah. just like, it's not your primary form of income, but it's nice to get a little bit of money from the thing that you like doing, but you don't let that money control your livelihood. Right. Yeah. Like, you don't like, you, we used to think like, you either go all in or you just go all out. Yeah. But now it's like, no, like now we realize that there's more money in the world. I can live my comfortable life and I can make time for like this side hustle or this whatever yeah. this gig or maybe and then we go into it. So yeah, I think that's really, really important distinction to make. All right. And I'd say the next question that I, that I want to ask you guys is what do you guys do when you're in that type of situation? And how and how do you bring about in a way of a, creating an outcome that that creates a that the, that creates a positive impact for yourself mm. if that makes sense <laughs> I, think, I think it makes enough sense okay yeah. um my questions to... are like no 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 but i tried the best i can <laughs> okay we've hung out and do enough so we know that yeah uh, what, what you, <laughs> kind of you just have like have a little like a translator on the side yep. just yeah. says, oh that's what alex means <laughs> gives me the paper like oh okay yeah <laughs> um so i think for me it's kind of it's kind of like um mix of like the ideas that we've been talking about (laughs) like I think what Cedric was saying earlier how um we're kind of like in this place of understanding more data and like what's being presented and there's so much information out there that it can be kind of overwhelming but also I think um many people can get more like stuck in their 
ideas and their information gathering kind of phase and it's like oh yeah I know all about this topic blah 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 and that's and leave it at that so it's like it I think it takes more of an understanding of the situation as a whole not just the facts that are presented about it and the data that is coming out of it you know it's like oh this means this but you know that's not actually like entirely true for everyone Mm -hmm. you know there's always going to be exceptions to the rule Mm -hmm. um and i think in terms of making more change and like moving towards more positive things it's um going to be kind of like you know doing the personal work like i've tried to do where separating out and like you know i i recognize that hate is still there and i know that it's really prevalent but like really holding kind of the for lack of a better word the gravitas of um you know how powerful hate is and even just like thinking and saying the word like putting hate into something is a strong emotion and cause you know brings strong emotional ties to that thing so i think really holding kind of um reverence for that um and really separating it out like is this something that i hate (laughs) or like is that the kind of power that you want to give it? Or is this something that's like, no, I know this is wrong, so I'm going to do something different or I'm going to fight against it. But I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, that kind of thing. And then taking more of an understanding as well on like a global scale, like trying to get more perspectives from different people. Yeah, I can agree with that one, yeah. I've kind of mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast, but just like talking and listening to like different podcasts like the ones that I really gravitate to towards are like the ones where shameless plug are kind of like this where we're really like just talking about topics and sharing our experiences we're not like giving advice outright but like sharing our experience and I think people need to do more of that just like share your experience so people can really understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm. like on as a as a human not just like a statistic Mm -hmm. Um, or like a demographic and you know take in other people's perspectives and really try and understand like it is kind of like why do people do what they do I think I think that really takes away the like hate right you know and not not entirely like I it's one of those things where it's like we have it for a I don't want to say for a reason but it's like there is that emotion it's like there it's present like you can't really get rid of yeah i don't think you can get rid of any emotions but i do think you can mellow it and combat it um because i do think it's one i think it's destructive personally Mm -hmm. um i would say that i believe it is very destructive yeah but um i i lost my train of thought now um you were talking about perspective yeah but i think sharing perspectives is really how Um, when you see other people's perspectives, it's easier to see where the change can happen Mm -hmm. and like where change really is needed Mm -hmm. possibly. Right. I like that. And I think that's like, yeah, that's like fundamentally important for people to realize in, uh, in regards to like, yeah, like your hatred is kind of like sometimes just really a frustration that things aren't changing. Yeah. Right. And, and you, and or the fact that sometimes you're like uh, Jenny mentioned before, like you you're trying to fight for or protect something that's very much yours. And I think mm. uh, it's touched on very importantly that yeah, um, 
value judgments about hatred being good or bad are like sometimes beyond like the purview like of most people at times yeah um people would definitely have their opinions but i think we can all yeah agree like we said like hate is kind of designed to be a destructive force right um and we associate destructive to be a negative thing mm -hmm. right but sometimes you use it as a way to kind of like get rid of the obstacles in your life and whatever it may be um, but we would just be wary in that sense because it comes at a price, right? It comes at a cost and a toll, right? Um, there are things that we do um, in all of the things, like kind of like the decisions that we make and, and if they come from like an emotional sense. And hatred is the one that kind of leads like a deepest scar, mm -hmm. like if you if you use it, right? So it's like, like it's sort of like in a sense a double-edged sword or um you know your your both your handle and the sword like are both the handle and the sword are both like bladed so mm -hmm. like if you hold on it you will hurt right. uh in doing so um and so i think in dealing with like um hatred like in general i i yeah i, I really do practice this idea of like taking my time to um to realize or to give the benefit of the doubt um, for why behavior is occurring and stuff like that and to mm -hmm. separate like I think it's really important to is to really understand what you're really hating about yeah. something like it's so easy to hate a person because they're like a physical manifestation they're doing something physically or visually like or whatever they're doing like you can actually sense it and then it's like okay like I hate this person but it's really like trying to break through all of the layers so that you can really understand yourself and what what you've come to dislike and you hate yeah. um and then uh in doing so though once you break that down i would just be wary of of creating environments uh in which kind of like your hatred has helped design hmm. so it's like hanging out with friends that like say like oh i hate that too and i hate this too and like or you know whatever maybe i would just say like 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 i said like talking crap about people or like being like despising certain things yeah like that's the ease sometimes it's a very easy way to connect with individuals right it kind of shows you in the world that you're not crazy that you're entitled to this sort of ugly information like info and so you feel less ugly in doing so but what i will tell you is is like sometimes right that can lead to a path where you are doing things that are yeah very much in hatred sort of like path which is destructive mm -hmm. and so if that's not something you want to do i would just kind of think about if you have the time to reflect about the relate the nature of the relationships in which you people have and i'm not saying divorce yourself of those relationships but think about like well how has you know like maybe like our dis my disposition or like frustration or my hatred like formed or like you know like adapted in this relationship or whatever it may be right and so it's like i used to be around people who were super judgmental and i would be like oh like is this really the environment i want to be in mm. like how toxic it could be and stuff like that yeah. and yeah like you know like it's easy to stay in one place if everything around you like you've, you've just deemed sucks <laughs> and it's like you know you hate it and whatever it is but like ultimately like if that's not nourishing like to you and even with that being said, I, I, with a grain of salt, I would say, right, like, um, if you're really not doing the best you can be doing, right, or if you just don't want to be that person, then you really have to think about, 
expanding beyond um, your own sort of like hatred or the house that hatred has built. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's something you can definitely resonate with yourself that yeah, you're out of. Right, right. Like, here's one thing, right? Like, and here's my best example of what I'm talking about. I, I, I say for the sake of humor, but I also do. I hate the sound of teenagers laughing. Right. So, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, but <laughs> I need to understand the reason. Like, I would, it would just annoy me. Like, I would look and like, but then as I think about it, I'm like, the reason why is because um, I'm educating someone and the things that I, the, the material that I'm providing, if I didn't, I, I don't really hate the sound of teenagers laughing. What I really hated was teenagers laughing in my class on their own. Because I'm like, there are no materials, there are no things that I'm doing, right? Or there's no, there's no, nothing educationally that they should be doing that's funny. Mm-hmm. So I think to myself, they're distracted. And ergo, right, I'm failing in my position, in my job, right? I'm losing sort of like my power and my mm-hmm. abilities and then vice versa. And I feel like I'm failing them, you know, and doing so. And then it forces me to also do an action that I really don't like to do, which is like, hey, like stop that person from having fun or like being themselves or expressing themselves whatever it may be but i'm like okay <laughs> and doing so but that's like the nature of the job and so like one thing i i, I kind of realized to do is like okay how would i like to be approached about behavior right um that i feel like is something that i would hate to do right mm-hmm. and then once you realize like okay how would i like someone if someone if i was doing something that they hated how would I want that person to address me, right? And in doing so and kind of visualizing that perspective, you're able to kind of then maybe try to move forward in addressing the things that you hate, right? And going in there. So like, I'll go up to kids and I'm not like, yo, stop it. And I (laughs) knock the phone out of their hand, stare at them and spit in their eye. um, (laughs) Oh no. While the impulse is there. (laughs) But what I'm saying is like, I approach and like, you know, like I give them like a minute, like I just be like, okay, like if they don't change anything, I'm like, okay. And then I just approach, it's like, hey, like, I just stand by them, like, you know, like, and then they put it away. If they, and then if they don't, if they're that distracted, then I address it, but quietly and kind of like a, you know, like a non-embarrassing way. So it doesn't seem like he has a lot at stake. I'm not here to make him an example and stuff like that. Um, because I, I wouldn't want, that wouldn't be effective for me. And so I, I, I think about all the steps of how I would address it and vice versa. If, if I was in those shoes and be like, okay. And then, you know, you just follow up and you do what you need to do. But I think about, yeah, perspectives of others is important. And then also at times trying to put yourself in that perspective, which is like that extra step you want to go into. Like, it's just like, oh, I see. Like, and then it's like, yeah, if like if I was being like, how would I do like, okay, feeling what I'm feeling now, like what solutions would make sense? And does that make sense to you as well? So. Mm -hmm. I would consider that and going forward and all that stuff. So just be wary like of the environment that you're in as well as like how would you approach the hatred and do it from like, well, if I was in that position, what would I, what would I do? Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I think I found, like thought about this recently, is whenever you're on such a huge, gigantic um, spiral of hate, um, for me, like, because like when I, I resonate with hate, a lot mm-hmm. and, and you know I let that in a very destructively and I let I let it out in a very you know in a very like hate like burning passion of anger um, but I don't show it around it uh, anybody else you know by myself but what I come to realize is that 
you have for me i, I should if i shut it off immediately if i stop there of whatever is hating me i let off you know a, a small like a s- smaller steam of anger mm-hmm. but but it dissipates immediately because mm-hmm. because for me like i hate you know losing mm-hmm. you know if it comes into a situation where there's a there's a designated victor or a designated looter i hate being on the losing side so mm-hmm. i would constantly you know fight until i win mm-hmm. and then i would keep going and be and it and but it creates another spiral of winning losing winning winning mm-hmm. losing losing until you create a situation where you can't stop so in in that huge situation in my mind the best way for me to stop that is just to immediately stop what i'm doing mm. and just to shut it off completely i see mm-hmm. even though i get mad or frustrated that i lost at that certain moment mm-hmm. at least i stopped it because right. it helps me realize what's more important out there right. than the whole concept of whatever i'm hating at right Right, and that's that's important to kind of like just have the discipline to like stop, yeah. right, and just look out, expand your view, your horizon, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right, well, uh, thank you for everyone who has been listening so far. Yeah. This is, I don't know, we created something a really amazing, uh, you know, conversation out of this word i didn't think we i think we would uh i, I thought i thought we were gonna go don't like break something. your arm patting your back too hard patting your own back too hard now no, oh i'm I think, sorry i think oh. i was thinking about it this week and i was like i don't know where this is gonna go and even like kind mm-hmm. of our we do kind of like a pre-discussion sort of thing like i think it took it like it always takes a, a different turn but i yeah. always think it's like it ends up being a really good conversation mm-hmm. like so. just for me to be in yeah but like thank you for everyone who's been listening on this uh on this episode this was a this was a very very creative episode i'm not gonna lie um but and also thank you for everyone who's been listening on our podcast for so far this is our 25th episode 25 there you go yeah so so uh if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts or any uh any platform that's uh, that gives um ratings uh please give us a five-star rating so we can reach out to more people and have more people um understand how important it is to relate to our emotions yes please and so uh if you would like to follow us um we have a instagram handle it is creative underscore underscore emotions and if you like to follow me alex mine is l3 l-a-c-k f-r-o-s-t underscore l-e and then mine is uh Papa Seti eighty eight. It's still a tough one. <laughs> uh, Papa Seti eighty eight. Okay. So P A P A C E double D Y eight eight. If you're looking for me, and if you're looking for me, Jenny, I'm at Curiously Radiant on Instagram. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful day. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.